In the um, period leading up to Christmas, I don't know about you, but I seem to be surrounded by lots of people that were just going through stuff, you know, quite an anxious time. And I think some of it, because we've gone through that kind of quite politically unstable time, there's been a lot of conversation about the effects of, of climate change, and then you've got Christmas coming and all the other stuff coming, and there seemed to be just so much kind of, oof, stress around. I don't know about you, but I was feeling it. And I thought to myself over the Christmas break, wouldn't it be good if we could, um, for me personally really, but we as a church family could think about what pathways could we take this year um, that will help to keep us outside of all that and to keep us focused um, and to journey the way of peace uh, that Jesus wants us to journey, the path of peace. So I've reflected on that, and I've got a few thoughts to share this morning. And I wonder if, if you'd be willing to join with me, because I think we perhaps some of the things I'm going to share certainly would, would need, need myself too. But we, we will perhaps just maybe engage with the Holy Spirit as we listen this morning, and engage with the Spirit perhaps as we pray at the end, and ask God if he'll do something, something in, in all of our hearts, individually and collectively, that will perhaps just deal with some stuff. I mean, I don't know what stuff you want to be dealt that's going on in your life that might want to be dealt with. That's for you to decide. But I want to create a little bit of space in what I'm sharing today. And hopefully there'll be some things here that we can hang on to. Um, Psalm 103. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things that he does for me. Father, as we come to listen, uh, contemplate your word this morning as we delve into scripture, as we share a few thoughts. I pray, Lord, that you'll come by your spirit. Help us, Father God, to hear what it is that you have to say to each one of us. Help me, Father God, to remain focused on what I believe you've shared in my heart. Help me, Lord, to share your word and not mine. And, Father, we want at the end of this morning to feel that we've encountered some, something new and fresh for this journey that we're going to be on in 2020 and beyond. Jesus' name. Amen. Um, last week I bumped into um, a local councillor and uh, we were chatting away and he said to me, um, oh, well, I've got some interesting news for you, Stephen. He said, we've decided in the council to appoint a resilience officer. I said, a resilience officer? He said, that's exactly what I said, a resilience officer. I said, well, why do you need a resilient officer in a local council? We're talking about a town council, parish council. And he said, well, the truth is, um, life is a bit difficult for parish and town councils nowadays because we don't have a lot of money. It's extremely difficult to find anyone to stand as a councillor. And we're facing quite a few challenges. And we're thinking to ourselves, if we don't do something, then in a very short time, we won't be here at all. And then what kind of democratic process will there be for local people to have a decision in their local town and villages? Good point. So he says we've got to raise money because there's no money anymore and we've got to think about how we make ourselves more attractive. Then he said we're concerned about our communities too because we're concerned about the effects of climate change, we're concerned about the effects on our high streets around trading and uh, the impact that the uh, advances of te technology having. You know, The council needs to get itself up to speed with all of that and to think about how we're going to face the challenges uh, that we as villages and towns will have. And I thought, wow, that's good. And I went away from that conversation thinking, wow, that's good. 
a resilience officer in the council. That's good thinking. And of course, more and more businesses and organizations um, do and have the same thing. More people are thinking about this now. You know, the government, new government's thinking about um, and all, I think the Chancellor was saying on Friday, you know, businesses are going to need to be resilient for some of the changes that are going to come as a result of what's happening next, climate change and so on and so forth. It's, it's on the agenda. And it's certainly been something that I'm thinking about too in life as one gets older and you move on and things change, you know, then you've got to think about how resilient am I in the seasons that God has placed in my life. And so that's kind of the backdrop of where I want to go this morning. And so I guess a question for reflection, it's one I've been asking and I'm going to invite you to ask yourself the same question, that is, how resilient am I? How resilient is my world, my family, my church life, my work, my business? How resilient? How resilient am I? So have a think about that. Maybe just quietly ask that question as we go through that. Because underneath that question, of course, if you think about it, is another question. And that question is, how do I, how do I respond to pressure? It's another way of putting it. How do I respond to pressure? Now, those of you, particularly the engineers in the room, will know that um, it, the way that you test resilience in anything is to place it under stress. You create a stress test, and you put it under pressure and see what happens, and then you'll know, am I right, James? You'll know then how resilient it's going to be. Certainly in your world of electrics, you put things under test and stress. Now, some of us thrive on pressure. Okay, that's the truth. Some of us absolutely thrive on pressure, and do, uh, but some of us are crushed by pressure. Some of us do our very best work under pressure, you know? Some people are really good at leaving their essays to the last minute, um, and so on and so forth, because they produce their best work under pressure. For other people, when we're faced with too much pressure, we can end up like a rabbit staring in the headlights of an oncoming car. There's a sort of spectrum in which you fit, and you'll know how you are, and I'll know how I am in this whole area of pressure. And, and some of us panic. So stress, of course, is an adverse reaction to pressure. And the pressure comes into our life, generally speaking, when we face the unfamiliar. So I just think of, I'll just list a few situations that might resonate with you. There'd be lots of others that you might want to share. But suddenly you find yourself in a situation where you're caring for an elderly relative, somewhere where you've not traveled before. This is a new pressure. Maybe that you're finding for the first time that you're dealing with something significant health-wise. So that's a road that you've not traveled perhaps before. It's a pressure. It causes stress. It might be that you can't find the right job, not happy in the job you're in, or you can't find the direction that you know you really want to take. Um, and those kind of pressures, like the closed door, <laughs> the closed door is immensely um, pressurizing and difficult for us. It might be that our marriage has gone through a different dynamic recently. Maybe some of the relationships, our closest relationships around us with our family, something's gone a bit out of sync and there's something feels like it's a bit out of control and I don't quite understand why it's not right at the moment but I can't seem to do anything about it. That's a pressure. We're finding ourselves encountering a new situation that can change the dynamic in our life and 
and put a pressure test on us to see how resilient we might be in that. So things in life create pressure. That's what it's like. And it piles on the stress. So the question I'm asking now, again, is how resilient am I? How resilient are you? What pressures do we have at the moment? What stress test is going on in your life? You don't want to hear about the stress tests that are going on in my life, but I've got some. Uh, and you will have two, of course. So think about that. I just feel maybe the Spirit of the Lord wants us just to reflect on this a little bit today. Not to, to dwell on the pressures, but just, to, just to, be, to be honest about it. Because actually sometimes to receive, um, to receive healing and direction, we sometimes just need to own up to God what's going on. So let's not live in stress denial. Let's, 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 let's um, get it out there and then allow God to deal with it. Now, we've all got different kinds of coping skills. But the truth is, we're much stronger than we think we actually are. That's the reality. So if you're one of those persons, of people that default to feeling crushed under pressure, the good news is, is that you're much stronger than you think you are. And actually, God's designed us to be incredibly resilient, emotionally and physically. We can take a lot um, if, we, um, if we focus on it. So kind of do a personal audit on that. One of the things that I found in life, I don't know if it's true for you, but I reckon the strongest people are not always the ones that you, you hear about on the TV. Uh, the strongest people are not always the heroes. The strongest people are not always the champions of the community. The strongest people are not always the ones that stand up here at the front of the church. The strongest people are the ones generally that find the courage to fight inner battles that nobody else really knows about. There's something going on. And people very often who manage those private battles that none of us know anything about and come out the other side, they learn something about resilience that's really something we can all benefit from. So there'll be people in your life, you'll have met people, I know people that don't really any idea what they've just been through, but my word, they've come through it. And those will be the strongest people in my view. So this morning, let's look at some scripture. Let's look at where our faith, where this lines up with our faith and what this means, means like for you and what it means like for me. The truth is, I think if you're anything like me, um, you will um, live much of your life on autopilot. I live a lot of my life on autopilot. We live our lives, a lot of our lives on autopilot. That's kind of how we're designed. Um, this is because the pathways in our brain operate under the uh, least pressure or effort. Okay, so what I'm saying is that we automatically travel down the road of least resistance. That's what our brain does, okay? We travel down the road of least resistance. It's fact. Um, it's the most worn path in our life, okay? It's the strongest path. Um, and it's actually the easiest path to travel down, the path of least resistance. You do it automatically. So you're out for a walk one day and you're walking across the field and there's a bit of a, a tractor's gone over the field and so the field is really roughed up and there's a, there's a dip and there's lots of uneven ground. What do you do? You don't walk through that. You immediately step to one side of it and walk along the smooth grass next to it. You automatically take the path of least resistance. We all do it in every area of our life. One of the reasons that some people make New Year's resolutions um, is because in the previous year, 
they've walked down the path of least resistance. <laughs> okay. And suddenly think, actually, this hasn't been good for me. Um, I need to make some changes. So we enter into New Year's resolutions. and We see how long they last. Because the brain wants to go back again to the path of least resistance. Why do we do that? Why do we take that route? Because our brain is preserving energy um, so that we can then quickly respond to the unexpected. Because that's actually what we need to be ready on, death con one all time. So our brain will take, the path, take us down the path of least resistance so we've got the energy to respond to the unexpected. Most of these pathways, you know, we've talked about this before, are developed while we're under the age of 25. So these habits, these things are developed during that 0 to 25 years, okay? And of course, the difficulty for some of us is, is that we don't always take the best pathways, and the best pathways have not been developed. And as a result of that, you know, we don't often have good outcomes with regard to stress. So when the pressure comes on, the stress comes on, we don't deal with it too well. Which is why, um, getting to the point now, the Bible teaches us, and Jesus teaches us, that if we're going to be, and Paul talks a lot about this, if we're going to be resilient to the pressures of life, we have to enter into the practice of renewing our mind. Basically, we need to put it in these terms, three, sub, three headings, but there's probably a lot more. We need to move from doubt to faith, we need to move from fear to love. And we need to move from anxiety to security. There's lots of other things through. But these are the three key things that Scripture would teach us, that Jesus teaches us, that Paul teaches us. In order to become resilient, you need to take hold of your mind and make that transition between those things. Doubt to faith, fear to love, anxiety to security. Day by day, week by week, Year by year, you and I are influenced by our surroundings. We're constantly impacted by other people, other people's habits, other people's lives, and what other people do. We're impacted by other people's values and other people's experiences and life issues. The problem is... We live busy and crazy lives. We're surrounded by this. There's so much incoming all the time that we live in that stuff. Now, the problem is there's so much noise and so much activity around us that we can be very easily pulled into a worry-filled life. We're being pulled. Understand this, my friends. There's a spiritual aspect to this. We're being pulled into a worry-filled life. A life that can become distracted and a life that can become fragmented. Have you ever felt, people often say to me, Stephen, and I felt this, I feel like I'm being pulled in every direction. Anyone admit to that? Ever feel like you've been pulled in every direction? Yeah? It's because we're being pulled into a worry-filled life. And uh, we, can, we can live with that. Or as we're perhaps exploring scripture, there's some things we can do to avoid that, because avoid that we do. We don't want to get too bogged down in stress. At any one time, let's say that this, I'm going to stand here, say this is the place of peace, okay? Let's say, and I'm going to pick on Claude, I'm going to stand over here and say this is a place of restlessness. 
Okay. <laughs> this is the place of restlessness. This is the place of peace. At any one time, we're somewhere along that trajectory. Okay. And all of us, at any one time. Now, of course, what we know we want to be, we're called to be people of peace. You know, if we believe, we believe that God is for us and with us and never going to leave us or forsake us, God wants the best for us, that he's never from us, um, then we should be able to walk the way of peace. And so we want to try and stay at that end. I'm going to read Psalm. Um, what am I going to read? Psalm 1. Good place to start, Psalm 1. It's a great psalm. Sets up the rest of the psalms in my view, which is probably why it's Psalm 1. <laughs> I'm going to read it twice. I'm going to read it as it's written in the NLT and most other versions, similar words, but then I'm going to read it again. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and his leaf does not wither. In all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they're like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked shall perish. Now, interesting, why the word wicked? If you do a bit of reading around the word wicked, you might come across something that I came across, and that's written by John Stott. And John Stott says, you know John Stott, famous guy, he says, one of the things that you should do is to reread this psalm and replace the word wicked with the word restlessness. Because that's a kind of more appropriate interpretation of what the psalmist was saying. So let's do it. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the restless, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits at the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on this law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does he prospers. The restless are not so. But they're like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the restless will not stand in the judgment, nor the sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows that the way of the righteous, uh, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the restless shall perish. Okay, so dangerous playing around with scripture, but it's an interesting concept. Peace, planted by streams of living water, restlessness. Restlessness is going to lead us down a difficult road. So that's what I want to just focus on a little bit this morning. You see, the palm, psalmist here is offering a different way. He's saying to become resilient and to be, pass the stress test and to flourish, you need to meditate on God's word and place our faith and trust in Jesus. Well, of course you're going to say, Stephen, that's obvious. But I wonder whether it's something we practice enough, and it's a question that I ask myself. Meditate on God's word. Doing that in a prayerful and focusing way. So understanding the word in the context of the Holy Spirit alive here and now. Of course the word is in for me two ways. The word is the written word of the Bible. God will speak to us 
by his spirit through the Bible. So reading and understanding verses in the Bible are key to us. But of course, Jesus is the word. And so if we're going to focus on the word, we need to focus on the word and the spirit. We need to focus on what Jesus is saying to us in the here and now. And we'll only do that if we prayerfully engage with him. And at the same time underpin that with the written word that goes alongside. So it's about developing a rhythm and a practice that keeps us in that place, which is not easy. But it is so, so important. And I know I'm saying what you already know, and I'm speaking to myself more than I'm speaking to anyone else. But, but we really need to get hold of the word afresh and to give it the capacity to give Jesus, to give the Holy Spirit to give the written word the capacity to find space in our hearts and in our lives in such a way that it resonates through everything that we do because you see if we can get our lives into that trajectory and if you're anything like me it can be intermittent but if we can hold into that place then the pathway that we take becomes resurfaced. I mean, that's the only way I can put it. It's like that pathway of least resistance becomes resurfaced with a new kind of tarmac that's covered in the trust and confidence that can only, only come from Christ. Okay, are you with me? Does that make sense, what I've just said? <laughs> Does that make sense? It's really important. And of course, we... we do much of that through prayer and we all learn lots of things about prayer and one of the things I've learned about prayer since I've been a pastor is never to um, form an opinion about another person's prayer life because all people pray in different sorts of ways there are people who are very very um, active in prayer meetings and prayer groups because that's important to them and that's a good thing there'd be other people who pray without that because it's more important for them to pray in other ways there are people that do both but never assume that the people that you're journeying with in faith are not people that are not praying. But we need to challenge ourselves with that because we need to engage with we need to engage in our in our worship and our prayer life and the word and the spirit in order to become like trees planted in streams of water where our roots can go down and roots can grow. Now, I'm going to read something from Deuteronomy because Moses really understood this think of the people when they were on the verge of entering the promised land he was really concerned oh, what a man Moses was he was such a man, such a great man he was concerned that as they then moved forward from this place into the promised land that they might just mess it up <laughs> they might just get it completely wrong and go back to their old ways and what he says in this, for, in this scripture is kind of fundamental to what I want to share today. And so I'm actually going to in, 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 in read the whole of Deuteronomy verse 8. Bit of a long reading, but bear with me because there's something in here that I think maybe the Lord could impact on us. And it perhaps makes the point. So this is Moses talking to the people just before they're about to step into the promised land. He could be speaking to you today just about as you're stepping into 2020 or whatever it is that you might be doing in your life. He says, be careful to obey all the commands I'm giving you today. Then you will live and multiply, and you will enter and occupy the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character 
and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Yes, he humbled you by letting you, know, letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and to your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live on bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. For all these 40 years, your clothes didn't wear out and your feet didn't blister or swell. Think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. So what Moses is saying, he put you under a stress test to see how resilient you were. And you've done good because you got this far. Now we're moving on. So obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, flowing streams of pools of water with fountains and springs that gush out of the valleys and the hills. It's a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey. It's a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. Imagine what that must have felt like for these guys. It's a land where iron is as common as stone and copper is as abundant in the hills. When you've eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Then he goes on to say, now, but that's the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations and decrees that I'm giving you today. For when you've become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and your gold have multiplied along with everything else, I wish, be careful. Do not become proud at the time and forget the Lord your God who resurrected you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with his poisonous snakes and scorpions, where it was so hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and to test you for your own good. He did all of this so that you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. So much there. So if we rely too much on our own strength, then we're going to be a lot less resilient. And then when the pressure comes on, that's when we're going to break. That's the first thing. The second thing is this. So that's focusing on the word and the spirit and prayerfully engaging day in and day out to build up a resilience to all the stuff that we're we're immersed in and can't get away from day by day because we're immersed in it. The second thing is this, and you hear this here. Moses is giving a very sound instruction and it's an instruction that, that, that... that I'm trying to get hold of. It's a really good strategy. And he says this, remember. Just remember. You see, in order to not always take the pathway of least resistance, the way to cope with dealing with the challenges in life is to renew our mind. Now, when you remember... And this is taking, tr- taking control of our thoughts, okay? Now, the key is this, that when we remember, 
we are taking control over our thinking process. We are actively, intentionally remembering. And if we go into the root in our head of remembering, I'm not talking about banging on about the good old days, although there might be some element of that. I'm talking about remembering. Because when we remember, we're beginning to take control again of our thought processes. And it's really, really important to do that because if we don't, we will overthink things. And when the, when the stress test and the pressure comes on, we'll start to overthink. I'm a great overthinker. Uh, I can write a script of a conversation that hasn't taken place yet. Okay? You do that? Going into a difficult meeting or something like that. I've already written the script. I'm already hung, drawn, and quartered. Okay? I've done the script. This is what happens. We write the script, and then we travel down the path of least resistance, and we end up in trouble. What Moses said, and of course, throughout scripture, remember. Because when you remember, you're taking control of your thinking processes, and it takes you into a much healthier trajectory. And onto a better path that's got that tarmac that I talked about, which is going to bring glory to your life. So what do you remember? Okay, well, I'll just run through a quick list, but there'll be a lot more. Remember God's benefits. In your life, here, right now. Remember God's benefits in your life. Remember his forgiveness. We sang this morning, didn't we, that that great song, you know? It is well with my soul. That song is written around forgiveness. The fact that I'm forgiven, God's forgiven me. So if I'm forgiven, then all is well with my soul. So remember that God has forgiven you. Remember his healing. So he has healed you, and he is healing you, and he will heal you, okay? Remember that. Remember his redemption. He's redeemed you. You're redeemed. Remember that. It's good. He's restored you, and he is restoring you, and he will restore you. Remember that. His love, oh goodness me, we could be here all day now. His love, remember his love that he's poured out for you and in you that you can pour out. Remember that, you're pouring out his love. Remember that. Every time you talk to me, every time I talk to you, every conversation we go into, we've got the opportunity of pouring out his love. And remember, there's always a spiritual dynamic in everything we do. Remember that too. So when I enter into a conversation with you, you enter into a conversation with me, enter into a conversation with somebody outside, the Spirit is engaged in that conversation. And we can choose to make that conversation about the things that we remember that God has done, or we can choose to make that conversation down the lines of restlessness. I could have a conversation with Claude today and I could speak love and healing and forgiveness and restoration and compassion and provision into his life. Or I could have another conversation and I could speak restlessness into his life. I can do that. You can do that. We do it all the time. But that's not what we're called to do. So remember what God has done for you. Remember his compassion. Just remember his compassion. Remember his provision. Moses, remember. He says, remember. Remember his provision for you. And remember that he renews our strength. Who are faint and weary, he restoreth my soul. He will restore my strength. And the thing probably that underpins it all at the end of the day is that he is 
He is the source of all goodness. We're connected to him. Isn't that good? So, let's bring this to a close. Just for a moment or two. Remember all the things that are causing you stress at the moment. What, 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 where's, the, where's, the, where's the pressure test in your life at the moment? Where's, the, where's, the, where's it coming on? Where is it? And it'll be at us in different levels. Just be honest with the Lord about it. Admit to it. And say, God, the pressure's on. The stress is on. And then let's make a decision today not to be drawn into the world of weariness. Let's make a decision to be pulled and to walk in the world of peace. Just allow the Holy Spirit to speak into your heart a minute. Just, 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 just take a moment. Just, just in your own mind and in your own thoughts, just go into that place. Try, if you can, instead of focusing on this, the pressure around you at the moment, try and see yourself as being like a tree that's planted by a river. In your mind's eye, see the roots going down into the bank, into that wonderful fertile soil that is beside and beneath the river. Your, your roots are going underneath the river now, and they're going deep. And you're being refreshed. And you're getting stronger. So the storm comes along and we lose a few leaves. We hear a few creaks. But the roots are going down deeper. branches are reaching up for the sunshine which it knows is about to come waiting for the refreshing rain thank you Jesus thank you for reminding us this morning Lord that we ought not to forget not only what you've done for us but what you're doing for us. Thank you, Lord, that you prepare us to walk the way. To be fair, Jesus, you did say that our lives wouldn't be without trouble. But you promised us that you would never leave us or forsake us and that nothing would overcome us, that we would pass the pressure test because we're resilient because of what you've done and what you're doing in our lives. You've given us skills. We know what to do. Help us, Father God, to follow that pathway this day and always.